The Wisconsin Badger basketball team, they find a way to hang on to beat the Minnesota Golden Gophers last night. They were up double digits halftime. Uh, before that, before half, Tyler Wall goes down with an ankle injury. Gardo, Greg Gard, had said uh, you know, their plan was to get him out after halftime, uh, see how the ankle is, and keep him going. But Wall said he just couldn't go. Guard said there's no timetable on his return. They got Illinois on Saturday, but you know you, you can't put a – some people bounce back faster, some take a little bit. I don't know how serious of an injury it is. Yeah, Gardo after the game when he said, he, you know, not exactly sure how bad this is, but it's this isn't a bad injury. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. There's when I say there's no timetable, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just you know we'll see how Tyler Wall uh, bounces back. But my God, dude, Stephen Crowell, he's been on a tear as of late. Seventeen points. That was uh, team high, and then Chucky Hepburn. This dude is unconscious from beyond the three point line and also he got a career high five steals the big one obviously coming at the end yeah he was a pickpocket last night five of them Chucky Hepburn was uh he was crushing it dude so this team Rowdy I know it was a nail-biting um and frustrating at times win for Wisconsin two Two things (laughs) two make the just please make baskets when you're inside the paint and you're right there I (laughs) This team only plays close games because of how good their defense is Mm -hmm. because of how many misses they have point blank at the rim. And then number two, somebody please rebound the basketball. Somebody please box somebody out. How did you get out rebounded by Minnesota? (laughs) 40 to 24. (laughs) How did you get just absolutely killed in offensive rebounds? Minnesota grabbed 11 offensive rebounds. That is unacceptable. Carter Gilmore get... Get up from the falling down on the court. <laughs> get up. You look get at, up. You look at all the stats for Wisconsin, Minnesota. Wisconsin wins 63 to 60, right? Yeah. It's a close, nail-biting game. If you looked at the stats and you looked at everything but rebounds and fouls, you would have thought Wisconsin won by 10 or 20 points. Oh, well, they they by, smoked them on every they, single category, pretty much. Well, they favored by 12, 11 and There's a half? There's 12 and a half. 12 and a half? They were favored it, pretty much in every single category, if you look at the Wisconsin, box score. Wisconsin like, never covers. Except for getting out-rebounded horribly. And for, weirdly enough, more fouls than Minnesota. Yeah, and, well, look at this. Wisconsin, huge. Uh, 21, that was, uh, was that's how many points Wisconsin had off the 20 turnovers at Forest. Uh, Minnesota managed just five points on the Badgers, nine turnovers. And that was even a thing towards towards the uh, end stretch for Wisconsin. Man, I think they were sitting at about six turnovers and had three brutal turnovers in the last couple minutes of the game, which were very uncharacteristic. But, yeah, they found a way to win. But, man, box out, grab rebounds. And please just make your point blank shots in the paint. Yep. Um, let's see here. Kyle and Stoughton called in to start the show. And he said, you know, his MVP of the game, game ball going to Max Klismet, uh, drew a big, tough assignment on Jamison Battle, obviously. Didn't back down uh, despite giving up four inches to Battle. Uh, Battle scored 13 points, but it took him 15 shots. He turned it over six times. So, dude, that, I love this addition of Klismet. And then uh, Zach Heilprinter, sports director, who's going to join us at 7.30 today, I saw him tweet out that Connor Asijan is human rowdy, missed on the charity stripe. Now, as much as I'm going to bitch about people not boxing out and, and not grabbing rebounds in Minnesota, just dominating the boards, these are good games. Like if uh, Tyler Wall is going to go out and miss a game, yeah, missing a game against the Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwesterns of the world in the Big Ten, are the games to miss where you can bring in Ilver Gilmore, yeah. have them get more minutes, more reps, more shots out there, just more playing time in general for the end of the season. Yep. Because I mean, those are two guys that I mean, for the most part, we know what Carter Gilmore is. He is what he is. He's played a little bit out of all the other big guys behind wall and, and uh Crowell, mm-hmm. but Ilver's hardly played in his career and he's a young guy. I mean, that's a guy that probably it's good to get him 10, 15 minutes in games like this. Ilver saw 11 minutes, and for Ilver, that was one more minute than he had played in the last seven games combined. So yeah. and you could tell he's young. He's a, he's from Estonia. He's the young, inexperienced guy that looks decently athletic, has a jump shot. He's just very thin, and the defense probably isn't up to exactly where they'd like it. Yeah, he needs to put on a little... Uh, that Wisconsin diet put on some muscle, beef up a little bit. He's he's a little, 
Well, skinny river guy. What's up? Oh, here. You ready? Yeah, my man. All right, so yeah, Wisconsin now is going to be getting it going over. <laughs> Get that snot out of there. <laughs> Wisconsin's now going to be getting on uh, to Illinois coming up here on Saturday. So excited to see. Again, Wisconsin 3-0 and in Big Ten play. Uh, the last time they started 3-0, and they won the conference, and the, they ended up going to the national championship game. So it was 2014-15. So we'll see what happens with our, our guys and Bucky as the season progresses. All right, so I have comments from Greg Gard. Is it Backstreet? Chucky Scott. Well, no. Chucky Hepburn. Uh, after the game. Now, I always say more evidence that everyone listens to the show. Chucky Hepburn, uh, I assume he still listens to the show, but he's got to work on uh, one of the rules around here. And that rule is we don't apologize. So this is for them not closing out. He was asked, you know, what's up with not closing out games against some of your opponents here? Yeah, for sure. You know, that's something that we apologize to the fans about, giving you guys heart attacks. Um but, you know, we're definitely going to try and get better and just try to finish things out and not make it such a uh, nail-biting game. Do you believe him? No. Rowdy, you believe him? <laughs> <laughs> all season is all they've done. Yeah, I'd like to see it uh, on the court then. <laughs> but Chucky Hepburn came up huge on the court, career-high five steals. He talks about the one that sealed it at the end. It was last second, so I know we had uh, Coach Guard was dealing with a foul, and um, – you know, is it one of those where you can either steal it or foul? So I saw the ball. It was a hell of a steal, too. Now, uh, uh, Gardo was talking after the game as well about, you know, good teams finding ways to win. You know, as I told them in the locker room, good teams find a way when you're not playing and clicking on all cylinders and sputtering at times. Good teams dig down and, and find a way to get it done. So uh, th- what, what, what did Tyler Wall go down like a couple minutes into the game? Well, they, uh, it was five like minutes into the game, halfway through, halfway through the first into the game, uh, Gardo was talking about you know Tyler Wall saying you know they didn't feel like he could go. They wanted to see what it was like at halftime to maybe get him some action, but that he just didn't feel like he could explode off of it and get into a full full stride. So, um, not going to put him in a position where he's gonna gonna hurt himself anymore. So it's. You know, other guys have to step up, which they did. And, you know, that meant that Rowdy's one of his favorite badges of all time, Carter Gilmore. Got some time. He's going to see some more minutes. Yeah. Uh, Ilver got, what, 11 minutes, too. It's one minute more than the he's got all season <laughs> in one game compared to the last first seven or whatever. You know, I like my Carters. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Carter, rank your Carters, Rowdy. The Carter 1, well, 2, I'll and 3, with, 4, 5 Gilmore. by Wayne. I'll go with Carter Gilmore 1. He's currently on the team. Yeah. And... I think just name name explanation in general. Carter Higginbottom is definitely on the bottom. <laughs> what about Carter Pewterschmidt? We're not even. We only have two Carters on this team. From Family Guy. Oh yeah, it's I know. Dad. What about um, Coach Carter? Does he or does he rank? Oh yeah. You know what? I'm gonna put him below Greg Gard. Uh, clearly below. We'll say. Um, Joe Krabenhoff and Sharif Chambliss. Now he's firmly fourth. I'm gonna I'm gonna play to your age, Rowdy. What about Lil Wayne's The Carter Three? Oh yeah, mm. I will put that better than the Carter Two, <laughs> which is better than the Carter One. See, I go Carter Two, Carter One, then Carter Three, but that's just because I'm a little older. <laughs> People are like, what the hell are these guys talking about? All right, but on um, let's see here, uh, Connor Siege and also talked. Uh, oh, real quick. Sorry, one more on Tyler Wall. That's what's going to do. Uh, here's Gardo. His intention was that he was going to try to go again in the second half, um, use halftime to get it loose, but he, he tried to to do some stuff backstage, and it just wasn't going to happen. So I don't know timeline. You know, I think each individual heals from those, you know, differently. So we got three days here. We'll see where he's at. And then one more on um, Connor Seijin talking about, you know, in the Big Ten, they know every game is going to be a battle. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a battle every night. You know, it's the Big Ten for a reason. And, you know, we've seen it already, you know, with Iowa being such a close game. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of things I learned from that, you know, just right off the bat. So, I mean, it, it's going to be – I'm expecting games like that. But like Chucky was saying, too, we'd like to learn a little bit on how to close games out a lot better. That would be nice. All right, our guy Dane on Twitch said, Carter 3 is the only right answer here. I know you guys are younger. Uh, Carter 2 is the correct Carter one. Carter 2's got some good ones on There's it. not a single song on Carter 2 that you skip. On Carter 3, you skip a few of them. <laughs> I mean, La La, that's a skipper. 
Can we can we agree on this? Tie my hands as a skipper, comfortable as a skipper. I think everything after Carter three is just pretty bad. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I'll agree with Dane here. He says let's not even mention Carter four or Carter five. Yeah, yeah. You cut it off after Carter three. Uh, Carter two, Dane is Carter two is the best one. Uh, Carter, Carter. I'll give you Carter three is the second best. But, uh, how about uh, I'm just a little older what about than you guys. I'm me and the little what was that a mixtape? Uh, I. When did I me fall in the here? <laughs> I think that's think. between two and three. I think it might be. There's I can't feel my face. There's a good mixtape too, Rowdy. If you want to check that one out, uh, no ceilings. That's another good mixtape by Lil Wayne. If you want to check, <laughs> check that out. All right, all right. How about this? Anything after 2012, 13? Cut it off. Cut it off. I, I me was 2008. Okay, so that's around the same time as Carter Three. But it also says it was. On the album Carter Three, I think it's sampled on Three Pete to start the album. Listen, for I me, take it back. Anything after two thousand and ten or eleven, cut it off. <laughs> Just cut it off. <laughs> there's a couple. There's like two bangers on Carter Four. Mega Man's a good one. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a step back. <laughs> we'll take a step no, back. No, Mega Man's a good song. And, uh, no ceilings is sick. You're Carter Two, the best though. All right, we'll take a step back here. Talk a little. Uh, Green Bay Man, I'm way off. Yeah, anything before 2010. 2010 and before. Carter I think the, was the, 2011. The promethazine, the lean, got Wheezy's brain a little more fried. He is a Packers fan, though, so it all counts. Which do you think is more difficult? A college football coach over an NFL head coach? I would say overall skill and talent when you're talking about winning games, it's the NFL but overall work. I'm talking like 365, like your job. Yeah, where you're you're continuously on. I think it, at this point with NIL and the state of college football and recruiting and the way that it is, I would say the more full-time job is definitely college. The harder job on the field is NFL. But yeah, the everything all else, encompassing. all encompassing, it's probably being a college coach. Yeah, I'm watching. Uh, so Luke Fickle, Badger football's new head coach, obviously, was in attendance last night at the Kohl Center. And he was, you know, you know, watching the Badgers beat the Gophers. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the, especially when you're a new head coach somewhere, when do you ever have time to spend with your family? You know, Luke Fickle's got a, a bunch of kids, uh, obviously a wife. Uh, we saw him flying on that private jet that was chartered for him from a you know a, yeah, a donor, and then Fickles hit the ground running. He's already uh, out there uh, in Arizona, Phoenix for the guaranteed rate pool, and then he's in you know the Cole Center last night. He did address the crowd to a nice standing ovation at halftime. Take a listen. Everyone's up in arms, standing ovation for Luke Fickle, feeling it, loving it, walking out to midcourt. On the big old Jumbotron. Halftime as the Badgers are up by double digits. Takes the mic. Luke. We're so excited to be here. That's all of us over here. Um, to be a part of this great university. To be a part of this great Badger football family. Um, it's, a, it's a dream come true. I've been a huge Badger fan from afar for many years. And uh, I can tell you I'm so And I'm going to pause it for a second here. So one of our big Badger fans, Dougie, called in uh, around 620 this morning, and he's like, what did he say? He's been a, he's been a big fan of the program for a while, from afar, from a while. And you and I both are the same kind of ink, you know, inkling here, right, Rowdy? It's, it's something you say to the room. It's like, what are you going to say? Yeah, I've always hated you guys, but I'm glad I'm aboard now. No, it's like I've been coaching circles and, you know, obviously looking around the, you know, successful programs. Coaches, I would imagine, pay attention to Wisconsin and what they've done for the past, you know, years and change, right? Well, I think also, yeah, you're not going to come in and say, well, well you, you guys are definitely a step down from where uh, <laughs> I went to school and where I played. Yeah. But I got Cincinnati in the playoffs. What have you guys done? Not going to say that. Luke Fickle also being an Ohio State guy. I mean, he played for Ohio State. He coached at Ohio State for a while. He was the interim head coach at Ohio State. And then, yes, took his this talents to Cincinnati. He's been a guy that's been around Ohio state in the big 10. He started playing for Ohio state in the nineties. Yeah. That's right around the same time that Barry Alvarez was building Wisconsin football 
into Wisconsin football. So, yeah, he has seen as a player Wisconsin in the early to mid-90s. Yep. He has been a coach with Ohio State, I think, starting right around 2000 until what? Just recently with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So he's probably there for, we'll say, just for a rough estimate. 2000 to 2015. 15 years, roughly, mm-hmm. at Ohio State as either an assistant coach or the interim head coach. He's seen Wisconsin and the building of Wisconsin football program from the 90s, basically up until now. Yeah. Like So he has seen that entire thing. So maybe I would also say that he probably, being an Ohio State guy, that think they're better than everyone else because, one, Ohio State basically well, has they been. They are. Maybe he is impressed with the yep. rise that he has seen from Wisconsin because Wisconsin went from being a god-awful football <laughs> program to all of a sudden we're talking about how they should be competing with the Michigans and the Penn States and the Michigan States for recruiting and for performances. And the only team that we feel like we should be trailing is Ohio State. Yep. So, Fickle, I understand what you're saying, dude. Uh, a fan from afar. I get it. Now you're in. Here's more from Fickle. I would say too much is given, much more is expected, and you can expect incredible passion, energy, and dedication out there from me, our entire, our entire staff, but everybody within our football program. And know this, we want nothing more than to make every single one of our, our, our fans, our, our university, our, everybody within our state, and to me, uh, every one of our former Badger football players are incredibly proud, not just of what we do on and off the football field, but even more so of how we do it. Thank you very much. There we go. Man, people. Luke Fickle, halftime at the Kohl Center last night, winning the hearts and minds. So there you go. I mean, short and sweet from Luke Fickle. I mean, it's halftime of a ball game, so of course it's not going to be some long diatribe of how he's going to, you know, bring us a national championship. But really cool from Luke Fickle. I don't know how you can't be inspired uh, from what has already unfolded in the brief so far Luke Fickle era. Can you, has there ever been Rowdy? Now we, we had this question before, and this was before what uh, Tanner Mordecai came in. Has there ever been this much, you know, um, what am I looking for? Competition in the quarterback's room? Well, it, the thing with Luke Fickle is that he took a recruiting class that was 87th with eight players, mm. 87th ranked recruiting class in the country. And by the time of early signing day, he had 13 players and it was ranked 57th. He did that in less than six weeks. Pretty impressive. And then when you talk about the transfer portal, uh, I mean, the first one that kind of opened the floodgates, right? It was Nick Evers, the four-star true freshman quarterback that played at Oklahoma last year. Then, obviously, we're talking about Tanner Mordecai coming in, who was a do-everything air raid offense uh, quarterback at SMU, threw for 70-plus touchdowns the last couple years. And then we never even really hardly talk about some of the other grad transfers uh, that he had come in. The Boston College defensive back. This is a guy that came in here with big time numbers at BC. He's going to be a solid back end player for them. Mm-hmm. He's hardly even talked about because he's just a solid player coming yeah. from Boston College. The quarterback is stealing all the headlines. Yeah, he has one more year of of eligibility left. We talked about of those five guys that he picked up in those six weeks. There were multiple four stars. Remember, he flipped the Hawaiian wide receiver trench last second trench. Kekahuna? I mean, I don't know if you were following some of the stuff on Twitter last night, but CJ Williams, who was a four-star true freshman wide receiver at USC, he was retweeting Nick Evers' tweet about Madison. Oh, really? And and talking about how he's, quote-unquote, going to change narratives and potentially putting himself in the transfer portal. Yeah. Man. I don't know how you can't be. And then here's the thing. Now, I mean, if if a guy like that, who's all of a sudden a high star, uh, sorry, a high four star wide receiver that just signed with USC last season, all of a sudden puts himself in the transfer portal and he might be interested due to some of his Twitter activity, his (laughs) likes and retweets Uh in Wisconsin, man, you bring the quarterbacks and the wide receiver and skilled players will come. How? 
Now, obviously, we're very excited for the upcoming season to unfold. And that's that's we're talking about this. They're talking about adding 2024 talent because we saw it. Yes. Four star quarterback. The Mabry Mater. Mature. Mabry Mature. Uh, there's there's some other big time players in that 2024 class that are very interested in Wisconsin all of a sudden. We're still talking about the 2023 class that isn't going to be finalized right. for another month plus. And they're talking about how they got work to do on this class and the 2024 class. I mean, what are you expecting for next season? Uh, it's a favorable schedule and it's the last of the East and the West before UCLA and USC comes in. Are we, should we get greedy and say we're winning the West? You could look at that and say, well, you know, look at their schedule. Look at who they play. Look at the teams that they're playing and what they lost. This team should go 11 and one. Well, also there were people all summer and all early fall that talked about the Green Bay Packers having a top 10 defense, a top five defense, and the best defense in the league. They have to finish this uh, final week strong against Detroit to sneak in as, I believe, the 10th best defense. Sneaky, sneaky. I was also the one that said, uh, let's pump the brakes on this a little bit till we see it. I'm going to say the same thing with the Badgers. (laughs) Let's pump the brakes a little bit until we see it on the field. But I would say if Luke Fickle came in, uh, year one with the less, I'm not going to say a lesser recruiting class because he's done a hell of a job in six weeks, but as Wisconsin fans, we were getting used to since 2017 classes that were, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50. Yeah. And now still with the work that he's done, it's still currently at 57. So it's, it's still a light class for players. And we did see some guys transfer out. We're seeing some guys transfer in. I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit and say if Luke Fickle in week or in year one finished nine and three, I'm gonna be happy. Oh yeah. If he finished nine and three, I think that's a pretty good solid year. I'm happy. Wisconsin football seems to be going back in the trajectory that we thought it was prior to twenty twenty. Now if Up. if they come out and go five and seven um, a lot of this hype train is going to be derailed. Yeah, you're going to be off the hype train. If if they do anything better than nine and three, if they do go ten and two, eleven and one, dare I say twelve and zero? Oh, Are you going to be the conductor of the hype train, Rowdy? Of course. Will you, be, will you be throwing coal into that engine, making it go faster? Man, but yes, I'm going to go with nine and three. Nine and three. That's great. Sounds That's like a my great benchmark. Season. Especially when um, you know, I mean, they don't have any D line guys like you know coming up here. Uh, for this new class they got. And Luke Fickle has said as such that, yo, we, you know, it scares me a little bit. It keeps me up at night. He said that, what, two weeks ago? So you look at, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, though. I don't know how you can't get excited. Um, it's it's going to. Well, and, if and you the can't get nice. excited from what Luke Fickle has done in the transfer portal, in recruiting, and just some of what fans and players seem to be excited about, yeah. I think you're just a hater. Yeah, or you're very your bulb is very dimly lit. Uh, hater or a dim lit bulb? I'm gonna say you're just a hater. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> you say you like the Badgers, but you just like to hate the Badgers. Well, there's, uh, I mean, I've seen so many people on these um, uh, these quarterbacks coming in. I have to find the exact message. I was talking to our guy uh, JD and MSN. JD, if you're out there, brother, I'd love for you to call. Him. It's been a minute. He says fans in quotations fans already complaining about too many quarterbacks and others coming in from the portal. Could you imagine being a fan that was bitching last fall about not having any competition for Graham Mertz and not being any quarterbacks behind Graham Mertz to saying there's too many quarterbacks now in the well, room. And it's also, <laughs> oh, I don't, who are these guys coming from the transfer portal? What, what, what are they team killers? They can't stick with the team for a year. What's this? What's that? It's, no, it's, they're the same people that will like, well, I want homegrown quarterbacks. And then they'll bitch when they go like win six games. Well, Tanner Mordecai, if we're going to well, use this as an behind? example, you, look who he's sitting behind. He's at SMU. His head coach was Sonny Dykes who left last year, who went to TCU and now is playing in a national championship game. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, one of his quote unquote air raid guys. Cause if you've been following much college football or bowl season, you would know that Sonny Dykes was kind of an understudy to Mike Leach RIP. Yep. That was air raid. So his court or his coach leaves. He's still at SMU. 
has another year there, but he all of a sudden sees what Luke Fickle and Phil Longo are putting together. We've seen the success that Phil Longo has had at North Carolina with some of his quarterbacks in the air raid system. They've been balling. And goes, huh, I'm playing at SMU in the American Conference. My coach left. I have one year of eligibility and can transfer wherever I want. I like what I see in Wisconsin where it's a Big Ten school, so I'm not in the American Conference anymore. I'm on the Big Ten big stage. Oh, can I only use that in basketball? No, you can use that in football, Big Ten big stage. And I'm in an air raid offense with guys that have had a lot of success. Phil Longo has turned out a lot of good NFL players and good quarterbacks and good offenses. And Luke Fickle has turned out a lot of good NFL players <laughs> and played in a freaking college football playoff with Cincinnati. I feel like it's, it sounds good for it his career. It makes sense for him to want to move up and play better football and put himself uh, in front of more eyes. It makes sense to me. How many times have you watched and or have seen local bars that are playing SMU games? I couldn't. Couldn't tell you. Or just, we'll just say in general, if it's a Saturday, how many have American Conference football games on? I would I'd be inclined to say none. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> They're going to be playing the big Power Five conferences yes. on Saturday when you go out and about at the red zone or you go out and about at your favorite watering hole in your town. Mm-hmm. They don't play a lot of those games unless there's not anything on. Yep, and even then, you got to fight for them to change the channel. It looks like it would be a good thing for him to go to a bigger Power Five school that fits what Correcto he is. Mundo. All right, let's And by the way, yeah. you can't have enough talent. No, that's look at Ohio impossible. State. Look at Ohio State. Look at Alabama. They had some look of the Georgia. most talent. At- they had some of the most talent in the country. And I bet if you asked Ryan Day or if you asked Nick Saban, they would say, "Oh, I was pissed because I didn't get this one or two guys that ended up going somewhere else." And look at injuries happen. It's football. It's a violent game. We're talking about a guy that almost died on the field the other day. Mm. Um, you can't have enough players with talent. Because injuries happen. I don't think I've ever heard a coach say, you know, our main problem was we just had too much talent. I don't think I've ever heard that. I think that's the only thing that could ever be said in like the NBA. It's too much talent. Too much talent. There's only one basketball. (laughs) Too many talented players. It just didn't work out for us. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? I'll be a running back for the batters. That is your goal, Charlie. You said that uh, on Monday. You know, I was actually very... Five, six, I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to talk I know about you're serious. My, my uh, BA reps today. No, I was just talking about the Packers back with like the uh, all the great wide receivers they had with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I just hated they had so much talent. Yeah. I wish Char- they would have traded a couple. Charlie, you're like you're like a, you're like an older Danny Woodhead. You could be like Danny Woodhead. Hi. Right. Right. Thanks for that dynamite drop in. Yeah, Packers. Yeah, they just had too much talent on that Sports Illustrated cover. You know, it just didn't work out for him. I'm glad that it never really worked. Yeah, just just too talented. Way too talented. I'm glad that, you know, Finley went down with injury and some of those other guys got old. You know, I, I was ready for the new wave yeah, of, ready for less of Jeff Janis and Jared Aberderis and uh, those type of receiving yeah, cores. You know what? Yeah, let's, let's, let's burn it down. Let's bring Jeff back, Jared Aberderis, the ghost of James Jones. Did you ever hear anyone complaining like about Antonio Freeman, Robert Brooks, or Andre Risen and like the talent they had? No. I do remember bitching about when the Packers didn't win the Super Bowl, and it was like, I don't know, 2012 till 2017 because they didn't have enough talent <laughs> because we were playing with XFL and AAF players. This was on um, uh, the Monday Night Countdown. So a couple days ago, I just uh, resurfacing right now. Steve Young. Now, Steve Young knows a thing or two about, you know, being a quarterback. He's pretty successful, I'd say. Right, Steve Young? Not not a schlep. Yes, Rowdy? I mean, Steve Young's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he knows a thing or two about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, quarterbacks. Been around the block. Now, Packers on a nice little uh, winning streak here, four-game win streak. Uh, they clinch a playoff berth with a win Sunday against the Lions. They've had 24 takeaways this season, eight in the last two games. That defense finally kind of living up to that billing that they had coming into this season. Well, Mr. Stephen Young, Stephen E. Young, he was talking about the Packers. I want to play it, see, uh, and get everyone's take on it out there. Listen to 
Stephen here. I, I, you always say throw out the records. I think in this way, this evolution of the of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers being the leader. If it wasn't if it wasn't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, or like this is a guy that's done it so many times. Those young players have gone up. They've gotten healthy. Aaron's healthy. That's why we can talk about the record being eight and eight. And we can throw it out. We can talk about what they look like in September and throw it out. The mm-hmm. idea that this is a same Packer team. I think if you look at the NFC. Who's afraid of the Packers as they play today? Who they've become? I think that they're. You can make a case for the Packers being the best team in the NFC. Woo-hoo! Forget about the uh, record. Just oh, wow. who's leading them? Who they've wow. become in the last wow. month? Preach I, I it, just, Steve. How could you not see the talent what that about they have? Forty ers Rowdy. Steve Young says, "Throw out the records. Look at what you've done for me lately. The Packers. You can make the argument are the best team in the NFC right now." Well, Steve, my man. I kind of see where he's coming from because when you look at if the Green Bay Packers let's go beat the Detroit Lions and they're in the playoffs. Remember, what was that? Maybe a week or two ago, I asked you if the Green Bay Packers... Man, it might have been three weeks ago now since uh, the you did Christmas... Think that, you did say the phrase you wanted to be banned was... Occur? That was, that was from like years ago, Rowdy. Your timeline might be a little off. It was two or three weeks ago. <laughs> it was, remember when I asked you if the if the Green Bay Packers can complete uh, running the table and yeah. getting in, who would you rather play, the four-seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the seven-seeded Green Bay Packers? Because one team is completely backing into the playoffs and the other is going out yeah, there you'd winning games the and getting in. Yeah, it was the Green Bay Packers would be a hot team. Now, I don't think I, this is being a Packer fan. I don't think I'd go as far as Steve Young did, but I get what he's saying. Like, say the Green Bay Packers beat the Lions on Sunday. They are the seventh seed in the NFC. If you just go right up and down the NFC and who would scare you if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, especially because you were able to reel off all of these games. Clearly the team has looked better. Go right up. The sixth seed, New York Giants, would they scare no, you? No, no. It's a team you should have beat in London, but that was when you went on that. Your, the Packers are so disjointed streak. in London. They looked like a team that just didn't care. Yeah, but they came out and were they came out and were punching New York Giants in the mouth, and then yeah, figured like out a way drives. to do absolutely nothing in the second half and just yeah. flubbed, and it started their They're big a losing disjointed streak. team at the time. Right. The Dallas Cowboys. Okay, maybe that's okay. a team that that's a team that's more complete. But the one thing Dak is Prescott's when throwing interceptions like yeah, crazy. Dak has not played well. But the other thing is the Mike McCarthy rivalry with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, we we saw Aaron Rodgers refuse to lose to Mike McCarthy. They when the Packers were looking at some of their worst, what happened? They went out and absolutely spanked in every and phase. If they the were going to ever play each other. That's it's the five versus the seven. Yeah. It would be a tall ask. What does Rogers do in Jerry's world though? That's what I'm saying. It would be in Dallas. Rogers is great in domes. Mm. Rogers is great in Jerry's world. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the only bad. thing that legitly scares you about Tampa Bay in the postseason is one man and one man only. And that's Tom Brady. And until you see him die, He's Tom Brady. And that they look again, like they're on life support right now. And they already went to Florida and beat them. Yep. And, and that then team is tough. Then there's Minnesota currently at the three seed. Minnesota. They're frauds. Been saying it all year. They're fraudulent. Their numbers aren't great, but they've found ways to win games. To a point, you got to respect that. But also last year, Minnesota lost um, the most uh, one-score games in the NFL. Now, all of a sudden, they flip that around, and they're like undefeated in one-score games. Mm-hmm. This is a team that, their if you look at their luck out. rating, their luck rating says that the Minnesota Vikings should be an eight-win team currently right now. It's clearly also an interdivision foe where you know them, and you know them well. And you know you just spanked the living hell out of them. Exactly. It's Minnesota... Number two. And they choke. They're choke artists. San Francisco. This is the scariest team for me. That's a scary team. This is a team where I thought that they might have fallen off or maybe were just trying to hope that they could limp into the playoffs when Jimmy G went down. 
who would ever thought outside of a couple people that Brock Purdy would be as good as Brock Purdy has been? I think only his parents thought that. And the fact that when Jimmy G is healthy, they might still go with Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's we'll wild see to see what happens, but Brock Purdy is playing, we can say, at least to a Jimmy G level. Yep. And a Jimmy G level has taken this San Francisco 49er team to a Super Bowl in the past. This is a team that's extremely talented and deep on defense, and it's getting healthier. And we know on offense, when you have, I don't know, Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and like 100 running backs, because Kyle Shannon always finds running backs, we know that team is going to be tough. And then there's the Eagles. And who are the Eagles The now? Eagles are taking on water because of all the injuries. Yep. How good is Jalen Hurts' injured shoulder? Lane Johnson, their great right tackle. The numbers when he's playing for the Eagles and when he's not playing for the Eagles, very drastic. Uh, this is a team that injuries might be mounting up to a point where they just, it's an unfortunate thing in, in football, but you got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You go back and you look at those six teams and it's like, man, the only one that truly terrifies me is the San Francisco 49ers who you might play first round. And that has been what we talked about, how Rogers owns in Jerry's world, how Rogers has been all the best, the Vikings, how, you know, the giants look like frauds too. What is Rogers kryptonite? The San Francisco 49ers. Now with that being said about the six teams that would be in front of them, the Packers still have to go out there and play well. We've seen well, this yeah, they team, have to be the Lions. We've on seen Sunday. this team lose eight games because they had terrible stretches where they just looked like crap. Yep. But if they continue to play well and play to the level that a lot of the numbers, even when they were struggling, were saying they could get back to, or the teams that went thirteen and three or thirteen and four the last few years, because a lot of this roster is the same guys that were underperforming, or the fact that Joe Barry is starting to make adjustments on defense that for some reason he refused to do for like the first fifteen weeks of the season. If they continue to play this new football that they've all of a sudden found, yeah, the one team that the one team that truly only scares me is the 49ers. We talked about it all year and Tom Brady bitched about it. There's a lot of parity in this league, or maybe it's bad, football. bad teams, yeah. Either or Packers are starting to rise to the top yep. a little bit. Packers a aren't a bad of, team anymore. They're a lot in- of the other teams are starting to fall back. Because remember, Giants were They just started hot, dude. They were but they were also a team on those luck metrics yeah, that big were really time. high. They were top They've five. Cratered. They have. They've Tampa come back Bay on has earth. never put it together. Minnesota, we know that their luck meter is through the roof. Philly was also very high up on that luck meter. Though it's seriously just the 49ers for me. Yep. Now, would it surprise me if they got the played Cowboys a team too, a bit, like but. the Vikings and lost in a shootout, or they played a team like the Eagles and got beat? Ah, no, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. But teams that legitly I fear where I don't want to play them, it would be the Niners. Right, let's go to the phones. They're blowing up. Line one. We'll go in order. Good morning. Who's hey. this? Hey, fellas. What's up? Nick, what's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? Uh, dude, I got to say, I saw you Monday at the gym when it was just absolutely packed. packed. Yesterday, ghost Dead. town. I know. It was beautiful. I know. I'm like, wow. I, I, I wasn't expecting this until February. Yeah, it's awesome. I hope um, people gave up on their resolutions already. It's nice. No, yeah, no kidding. So the uh, I think the hot hand is going to uh, play out pretty well. You know who this reminds me of is the 2010 Packers. Hell yeah, dude. That, that back, I don't want to say backed into the playoffs, but they won their last two games against uh, the Giants and the Bears. Um, to get in and they had the hot hand going in and, you know, they just kept it going with the wins against Philly. And then, you know, next to, what was it? Atlanta. And then, uh, you know, beat the, beat the bears. And by the know, way, Rogers enough. hasn't thrown this many interceptions last time. In he 2010. Did. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Exactly. You know, it's, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you a good segue here. You know who, uh, the Vikings, you know, so kind of the, the Vikings are, you know, decimated at the offensive line. One big reason why the yeah. Packers manhandled in this last week, they're down to their third string center. They're at their backup uh, tackle. That right there is pretty, and not to mention their other line is not yeah. that good. Well, he had a tough, um, he had a tough go. He had like and, a hold and then a full start back to back. And their defense uh, is pretty brutal. Yeah. 
Well, and then on top of it, although, you know, they were playing in Green Bay, which supposedly had watered down center. You yeah, know, center, all the dumb conspiracies the, for the Vikings fans, I know. <laughs> um, but, the, the, you know, who the Vikings are reminding me of with all these, like, wins by, in the last minute and, you know, just wins by one, one score or less? Here's your segue. The Badger basketball team. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, I, I love the fact that they're, uh, what, 11-2? and two? And, yep. you know, number 14 in the country, they're going to move up, you know, assuming, a, you know, hopefully a win this Saturday, they're going to move up because of yep. Virginia Tech or Virginia lost last night to Pitt. Um, they are not the number 14 team in this country. Yeah, they're better. They are, they, no, they're not. They are frauds. <laughs> Stop. They, they, I'm sorry. Stop. They are not the 14. You can't say they're frauds. When they, they, should, they should be. They could have beat uh, Kansas if the referee would have called it right, and they should have came back and beat Wake Forest. They could be. I'm not disagreeing with that, but they have, like, they really, okay, other than Kansas, who have they played? Bro. Don't tell me Marquette. Don't tell me Iowa. Dayton, okay, well, they've fallen I mean, off. You're just reading the schedule, so that's who they played, Nick. Right, Nick, but get a board the hype train and feel it. Come on, you glass know me. half full, I'm, I'm not all, half empty. I'm all about Badgers. I'm 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 very optimistic when it comes to the Badgers. But I'm like this year, they're just they're not playing anybody. They're winning by one score. I, would you say the same thing if you were a Viking fan? That you had all the confidence in the world about this team. Well, the Viking. If I'm a Vikings fan, I know what I are a, a choker, a but, loser, but, a, guy, a person but, that always falls down flat. The Badgers always fall, uh, finish fourth or better, get into the tournament. No, Nick. No, no. But but the Badgers ha- were up by 15 last night and won by three. Yeah, but you said a key word. They won. Oh, come on, okay. Nick. Come on, baby. Would you say, again, would you say the same thing about the Vikings this year? That with a how decimated they are and b how lucky if I was they a Vikings are. Fan, you want to go back to the lucky? The if lucky I was a Vikings leader. fan, I would be gripping my pillow and crying every night, knowing that the inevitable <laughs> nut kick is coming with the empty trophy case. Wait, are we talking? Did you say Vikings or Packers? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I should have said nut kick. I should have said nut kick. But the Packers uh, are. All right, let me rephrase that. For the friggin' nut kick. Uh, uh, instead of the nut kick, the, the, I'm castrated, and all my nuts are gone. Being uh, a Vikings fan, they have I, no nuts, no trophies. I will be happy with you know the Packers making the playoffs, and, and you know I'll be ecstatic if they win the first round, especially if it's against the 49ers. <laughs> but if they win against the 49ers, my expectations are through the roof for yeah. the exact reasons you guys just stated. Everybody else doesn't worry me. It's the 49ers yeah. that do. And the, the, the likelihood of the Packers playing the 49ers are very high. All it's going to take is a, an Eagles win or a 49ers loss, although they're playing in Arizona. Um, so there's a pretty good chance that the Niners are actually the two seeds. So if I was a Jordan Love stan, Oof. and I was one of the Jordan Love stands that said, you know, it's time for Jordan Love to play. It's time to sit down Aaron Rodgers, maybe potentially talk about trading him or hope he just retires, and it's Jordan Love's team now. This is a new era, new new Packer team. You know what those same people are probably in the back of their mind saying? What's that? You know, I hate this San Francisco 49er matchup. I actually really don't think that they can beat the Niners. This is their worst matchup. It's uh, one that... LaFleur has been dominated by Shanahan. I think because they can't beat him, they should just lose to the Lions and uh, <laughs> try and get a better pick. <laughs> even though they've come this far, and I don't I think they can do it. Uh, you know, even if they made it, you know, I don't think they can get past San Francisco. No point in trying. I think it's uh, time that, to just lose to Detroit. That's basically what Terry, the King of the North, called in about yesterday. Remember him saying that? You want to play in between drunken ramblings about just complete and utter nonsense. You know you want to play against the Niners and lose? Like, yeah, I would love a chance to get in the playoffs. You know, I would prefer to play any team but the Niners, but if a playoff game means you're playing the Niners, you got to at least take the opportunity. Yep, no defeatist attitude here. We'll talk to our guy. But I could see some people online figuring ways to wiggle into saying, oh, they can't beat the Niners anyways. They might as well just lose to the Lions. Yeah, they're called the Low T Brigade. This little win last night. Badgers finally back into Big Ten play. Get it done over the Golden Gophers. Ski you nah. Hey, we got our guy Zach Halpern in the house. What's up, Zach? That's a really good. I hadn't heard that one before. You never heard that? You've never heard that? I haven't. That's good. No, thank you. I uh, made it up right on the spot, right then and there. That's some good stuff right there. <laughs> thank you, Zach. Yeah, you know, I'm an ideas man. I'm a thinker. I'm high level. Yep. You know? My way. When I need ideas, I come to you. Exactly. That's why. Um, well, I, well, Zach, that's not true. Your highly successful podcast that covers Wisconsin basketball, The Swing, 
I tried to go the Tupac route and go above the rim, and you said no. Well, I didn't. No, I tried to go uh, below the rim, and my guy Jesse Temple did not have any interest in that because he's a former basketball player, and he didn't want it to make it seem like he wasn't a good player. Oh, what about what if yeah. we change it now? Two hoops, one pod. Two hoops, one pod. Yeah, I think, <laughs> actually, I think that I, I want to say that was involved. In, I want to say that one was. Uh, thrown out at the time as well. I think so. it, might, it might have been, but I think there's connotation yeah. of if people ever see two cups uh, yeah. or two, two, no, one cup. There's one cup involved. Too. Anyways, yeah. uh, sorry, I don't want to bring up one that. cup, two girls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's well, one. If you watch that uh, or some of two the shooting from last night, you could two have been puking. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, there was some puking maybe. Yeah, so Zach, Zach, all right, so Wisconsin. How, yeah, uh, right, no, one, no one Google that unless you really are depraved. Zach. Yes. Zach. Between two hoops, that's what it was. Okay, between two. You would hoops. need. You'd probably need a fluffer to, to uh, <laughs> if you watch that. You know, Ben Kenny. All right, so Zach, <laughs> I heard the video was fake. Anyways, I heard it was ice cream. Anyways, what are they talking about? Chocolate mousse. I don't know. <laughs> All right, reset. <laughs> Hang on, I'm trying not to laugh. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. So, Zach, Tyler Wall goes down early in the game, and how did the Badgers respond? Now, there were some ups and downs. They did get the win. Uh, were they up Were they up 10 at halftime, 12? What were they up by halftime? It was double digits. It wasn't double digits at half. Oh. Uh, hmm. it, Must have been close. It then. was. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't at half, but they got up to as many as 15. They led by as many as 15 in the second half and then had to hold on for dear life because so, that's just what Wisconsin basketball does. Is this something – we're going to have to worry about as, you know, Big Ten play progresses or maybe could bite you in the ass in March Madness? Or is this like Wisconsin really is a good team? They just figure out ways to win. Like, what's the concern here with them not putting out and closing out teams? Because Chucky Hepburn, he apologized after the game about it. Yeah, he, I mean, I think it was a little bit of a joke apology. But uh, it is, I mean, it is. You want to put teams away, and they just haven't, for the most part, done it in, in these situations. I mean, that, that game should have been a double-digit win going away, and they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't finish it. Is it a concern? Absolutely, because you're not always going to win those close games. We saw it last year, where you go 18 and two, I think, in the regular season. The games decided by single digits, and then you finish uh, the regular. You know, in the the uh, postseason, you go one and two. So, like, they're not always going to go your way just because they have gone their way a ton these last this last year and a half. It's not a guarantee. So, yeah, I I think it's a concern and something you want to be able to finish uh, finish better. But they, to, to win that game, to way the way that they did, to win the game without having essentially, your, I mean, your leading scorer and probably your most versatile defender on the floor for a large stretch of that, um, I think a win's a win. Oh, totally! A win is always a win in my book. Um, so, Zach, looking at this team, um, man, they got some good parts, though. I know a lot of people are wondering, like, what the hell is going to happen with losing, you know, uh, Johnny Davis to the NBA? Uh, uh, how about? You know, Stephen Crowell's emergence these past couple of games. What's he's been averaging these past, what, three, four games? It's like, well, I mean, during their win streak, it's a six game win streak. He's been averaging 14.8 a game, close to six rebounds and uh, four assists. I mean, that, <laughs> that'll get it done. Yeah. That'll get it done. I mean, you would have liked to have seen him uh, hit that free throw at the end, but. <laughs> but hey, they got to keep it interesting. And then speaking yeah. at the end, Chucky Hepburn with the steal. What a career high was it? Uh, five steals? Five. And I then, love- yeah. I love this. I love this comment afterwards. Like he had an option to foul, or he had an option to to steal the ball. So I stole the ball. He's yeah, um, he is like good as, if, as if it as if it's just that simple, right? <laughs> as if it's just you know, I, I decided I want to steal the ball, so I was going to steal the ball. And that's, I'd want to say that's either his second or third. Uh, he did that against Marquette steal. too. I, was it Marquette or Iowa where he took a well, steal? Did it against Maryland Maybe that's uh, for sure. Um, and then I think there may have been one other out there that he did as well. So like. He's, that's kind of his game. He's a, a great on-ball defender, um, but to get five steals and I mean they turned twenty turnovers into twenty-one points. Yeah, um, you don't usually get Wisconsin's not that type of team that's forcing a ton of turnovers every game. Um, they certainly did last night. So Zach, and what's Chucky Hepburn shooting beyond the arc? Isn't he a Big Ten best Oof. right now? So he went three for four last night. At one point this year, he was in the low thirties, like high twenties, low thirties. And he is on an absolute tear of late. He's shooting 51% uh, from three, which is easily the best in the Big Ten. And I want—I don't want to say it's a fluke; it's not. But he's not going to continue to shoot this way the entire year. But be he's on a bit of a heater. He's on a bit of a heater lately, and uh, teams are going to have to worry about it, especially when you have another guy like a Connor Seijin who's hitting in the 40s as well. You know so, what they say when you're on a heater, Zach? Never mm. get up when you're on a heater. 
Never what? <laughs> never get up. It's like yeah. playing cards. But yeah, never pass the ball. Well, sometimes they send a cooler on you, so I don't know who the cooler would be, but yeah, keep shooting. Zach, so I'm at, obviously I read it on your incredible uh, article at madcitysportsman.com, but I'm on an even more, you know, more incredible site. That's twitter.com at Zach Heilprin. And let me ask you, Badgers, this is your tweet. Badgers moved to 3-0 in Big Ten play for the first time since 2014-15 with a 63-60 win over Minnesota. I'm not going to read the other sentence, but moved to 3-0 and Big Ten played for the first time since 2014-15. What happened in 2014-15 for the Badgers? Uh, did they did they win the Big Ten? Pretty sure they won the Big Ten that year. Yeah. Pretty sure they won the Big Ten tournament that year. Pretty sure they won the West Regional that year. Pretty sure they played for a national title that year. What? <laughs> no, obviously, it's different. Like, it's different. It's extremely different. How... how <laughs> Excited though, can we start to get a, with this team? They're going to lose at Rutgers. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, th- this Rutgers team is, I think, slightly better than that Rutgers team. But um, Purdue. What do you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, how excited can we get about this team? Can I get my how? How, how no, can I, mean, I get? Okay, what, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. Even though I'm, I'm, I probably will. Can I say? And I've said this at all times every year. Fourth or better in the Big Ten. Um, man, that was a long silence. Right. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to not be like a, a wet blanket here. Um, because Minnesota's 0 and 3 in Big Ten play. I believe Iowa's 0 and 3 in Big Ten play. Um, Maryland has kind of come back to earth <laughs> and just got blown out by Michigan. So the three teams that they played in Big Ten play are not necessarily the greatest teams in the conference um, to this point. So I think I, I'm kind of the still of an wait and see. I'm extremely impressed with what, with what they've done considering what they lost off of last year's team. And, um, you know, defensively the way that they've played and the three-point shooting compared to where it was last year is completely different. They're averaging close to 30. I mean, they're, they're shooting close to 39% from three. They're at 30 last year. Yeah. Well, Zach, um, so coming into the year, we didn't know who the hell was going to be a shooter on this team outside of Chucky Hepburn and maybe Steven Crowell can hit a few shots, but it seems like almost everyone they brought in turns out they can shoot the ball and we just didn't know if they could. Right. And the, I always, I also always go back to now. And again, this is me being a little bit of a wet blanket here, but like a couple of years ago they started out shooting this kind of way and then ended it not being able to hit the, the broadside of the barn, and they lost that, that game to Oregon as 5-12 in, uh, out in San Jose. And then, like, the following year, they started horribly, and then they caught, on a, they caught fire down the stretch in the 2020 season and ended up you know, winning the Big Ten. Obviously, they didn't get to go to the tournament that year, though I think there is a national championship. That team does get to claim a national championship. Yeah, they won in three, uh, different, three different ways. Yeah, so like, three-point shooting comes and goes, I think. And I, I don't think we can count on that to win games all the time. Right now, they're kind of doing that along with their defense. Um, so, I, I don't. I, are they the 14th best team in the country right now? Yes, um, but there are going to be ebbs and flows to the season, and I'm, I'm, put, I'm, I'm just cautiously optimistic, just waiting to see uh, against some of the better teams in the Big Ten how this, how this. But plays out. you do know one thing, though: three-point shooters they come, they go. So, mm. live or die. Yes. Well, I yep. mean, you're talking about teams in the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan's two and zero in Big Ten play. They lost. To, they just lost to Central Michigan not too long. They, they stink. And, then, and, then and Juwan Howard tried to fight his own players. Yeah, and, and Hunter Dickinson calling Wisconsin's comebacks. So we got a, a lot of things going on with uh, that Michigan. <laughs> Freaking Michigan, man! All right, so Zach, something else that happened. Zach Halpern, a sports director, joining us right now. Oh, I got Illinois coming up real quick before I ask you on um, what happened at halftime. Man, it's too bad that. You know, basketball is basketball and not hockey where you can just have, like, a line fight. That would be... Like, Michigan steps in the the Cole Center and all allow, of a sudden you just drop the mitts. I want Gardo they, and Juwan Howard. They don't allow that in college, though. They don't even allow that in college. That's true. I do want Juwan Howard and Greg Gard one-on-one. Gard would mop the floor with that clown. I, there's no, no doubt in my mind. Gardo's got... I'm here! That's Cobb, Wisconsin, rising up through him. Zach! I'm I'm here as John Howard's being held back. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's the status on Illinois? I'll take John Howard gets hit once. I think he might cry. That's yeah, totally. Um, Illinois zero two in Big Ten play. What's uh, uh they are seven one at home though. Yeah, no, it's, the South team. It's a much different looking team, I think, than uh, the one that we've become accustomed to the last few years. But uh, is Tyler Wall going to play? 
if Tyler Wall is going to play, I, you know, Wisconsin is going to be in that game. If Tyler Wall doesn't play, you're asking a lot of Carter Gilmore and, and Marcus Over to, to fill in and uh, try and make up for. And they can't do it. I mean, they can they can try and they can they gave some good, good minutes last night, but they they cannot obviously make up for what Tyler Wall does. He's just uh, they don't have another guy like him. No, the injury's kind of not talk. the injury's not like like bad bad right. It's just wait and see kind of thing. No timeline, I believe, is what. Great it didn't said. sound like it was too serious, right? No, he said he's going to give him a day or two, and, and okay. hopefully they'd be good. But yeah, I don't think it's a long term thing, but it's it certainly I think is his availability for Saturday is in question. Gotcha. So Zach, we'll see what happens on Saturday then down in Illinois. But something that happened at halftime, uh, the Luke Fickle era. Still, you know, I, I think he's already won over the hearts and minds. But he's yeah, at, at the Kohl Center last night. Was it a standing ovation for Mister Fickle? Stand ovation, chance of Luke. Yeah, I mean, he's, again, he's hit all the right buttons. He's pressed all the right buttons to this point. Uh, and it obviously has a lot to do with some of the coaches that he hired, Phil Longo, and the ability to transform the quarterback room that they've done here in about 30 days. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, people are very excited, and uh, I, it's hard to blame them right? based on what they've done. Yeah. Is this the now we've I think I asked you this a couple of weeks ago. This is before Tanner Mordecai came in. Is this the most competition we've ever had in the quarterbacks room now? I don't even know if there's a competition anymore. Um, well, I, I mean, mean Tanner Mordecai. Like, like, won, right? When I say that, I mean Graham Mertz never had anyone pushing him. Now you yeah. look at it like you, there's a lot of guys pushing each other now in the room. Yes, there's more competition in the room than there has been since. Before. I mean, I. I'm trying to think of the last quarterback competition. I mean, realistic quarter, quarterback competition where it could have gone either way in uh, 2014. Stave, Houston. Hornybrook versus a fist. And pl- oh, I, I guess you know what? Hornybrook versus, Hornybrook versus uh, Houston in 2016. That was a legitimate competition that uh, Houston ended up winning. So, But with these, I mean – there's competition behind Mordecai. I think Mordecai is clearly number one, but the competition for the number two job between Miles Burkett and Nick Evers and Chase Wolf, I mean, that that's going to be a competition, and um, I'm anxious to see it, but I, I really can't wait to see what they're going to do with Tanner Mordecai because it completely changes the outlook for this, this offense in year one, um, having an experienced guy with a ton of success and the ability to do exactly what Phil Longo wants to do in that offense. Now, am I wrong in getting excited saying and get greedy and win the Big Ten West in this final year? Am I wrong in saying that? Absolutely not. Mm, hell, well, I mean, why? Why not? Like, do you have? The, I mean, this is the first time they've had the best quarterback in the division since you know Stavi, obviously. But um, before well, that, obviously, all-time winner. Right? Yeah. No. Um, this is the best time. This is the first time they've had the best quarterback in the division, probably since what? Uh, Russell Wilson when it was still legends and leaders. <laughs> I don't so, know. I, mean, I think is, you might be able to argue Jack Cohn. Oh, Ben, Ben would argue that tooth and nail. Was, I, I think him yeah. and Tanner Morgan in 2019 were better. pretty interchangeable. No, they weren't. Tanner Morgan. Look at Tanner Number Morgan's numbers compared to Cohn. Is he like elite? Was he elite? He, he, he had an elite year, largely because he had an elite <laughs> two elite wide receivers and Rashad Bateman Being and elite. Tyler Johnson. How but, are you today? I'm elite. Man, statistically, I would go with uh, Tanner Morgan, but. Teach his own on that. Uh, I will. I will say that the, yeah, the competition in that room is significantly picked up since uh, November twenty eighth. Yep. And um, other than that, I mean, the worst kept secret in the room, right? Longo and Trestle were officially named yesterday. So there it is, right? Like nothing, nothing groundbreaking there. Nothing groundbreaking there, except for the fact that Phil Longo maybe, um, I mean, may single have single handedly turned Wisconsin quarterback recruiting on its head. I mean, these guys want to actually. Play in this offense, they got yeah, and we got turning, and, and we got God's little boy coming next year. Yes, exactly. And that Ma- was Phil Longo, and that's Phil Longo too. That's Phil Longo too. Yeah, so you know, Phil Longo, one of the better hires. I mean, this feels like uh, again, we'll see how it plays out. But this, it feels like a Dave Aranda uh, hire on offense, where it just completely changes what you are as a as a program. So we'll see. Zach, did you see anything on Twitter? in the last 24 hours where another USC receiver retweeted Nick Evers and I believe favored it a couple tweets, CJ Williams, four star Mm. thinking about putting himself in the transfer portal. I don't know. It sounds like he has, or it sounds like he is. Um, I mean, he would be obviously the most talented wide receiver stars wise. Wisconsin would have ever had on campus. Um, 
I mean, he's, he was an elite recruit in last year's class. I think he caught four passes. Was not a huge part of that offense, but I mean, I you don't turn those kind of guys down nope. if you're Wisconsin. I don't think you turn down talent, Zach. Before I let you go, was did they roll out an actual red carpet for Fickle last night at the Kohl Center and throw roses as he walked around, or did I just dream that? I think he just dreamed it. But ah, it's that's a good dream, though. It was a good dream, based, though. Based on the way the start of uh, his tenure is gone, maybe you're going to. Maybe they will have to start doing that after winning a couple of national championships. I can't wait in a few years when we send you out to the press conference of the unveiling of the Luke Fickle statue right next to Barry Alvarez's. All right. Hey, he ever wins great. the Big Ten, Zach? Those uh, red carpets will be like uh, employees' bodies, <laughs> kind of like Xerxes in Three Hundred. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. That's good. That's a good call, Zach. You, by the way, Zach kind of looks like Xerxes. You know. No. Same haircut. Mm-hmm. Same haircut. Zach, same we, we love you. <laughs> Slightly stockier. <laughs> we, we got a beard now. We love you, Zach. Hey, say right. good morning to Daner and little Hanky Poo, too, okay? I will. I'll How's Hank doing? Poo. How's your new puppy, by the way, real quick? He's poo, yeah. Well, hey, he, he, he pooed outside for me. Maybe I'll come and do the dog whisperer thing, okay? He just fell off the couch. All right. <laughs> see you, Zach. <laughs> see ya. Did you see Zach's dog? His new dog, Hank? Hankleton? Good stuff right there.